Hello and welcome to the Wellness Hub Podcast, a show dedicated to uncovering the future of healthy living. Each week, we aim to bring you content that supports your personal health journey through insightful conversations with amazing guests. We explore various topics ranging from healthy eating, technology, fitness, mindfulness, and more. Now let's join our host, Drew Monroe, co-founder and CEO of UpMeals, a Vancouver-based food tech startup on a mission to make healthy meals accessible through technology. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Up. We're so glad to have you with us for yet another edition of Wellness Wednesdays. Every week, we're hosting amazing guests, having insightful conversations into food, technology, mindfulness, entrepreneurship, and more. And as always, we hope you find these conversations valuable and insightful on your own wellness journey. Our special guest tonight is a dynamic student entrepreneur who launched a startup while in the middle of pursuing a degree in commerce from the University of British Columbia. Their platform, GrubGrab, provides affordable, healthy meal plans for students accessible from pickup hubs around campus. GrubGrab is on a mission to ensure every student can focus on their studies while having affordable meals available to them all throughout the week. I'm really excited to dive into their entrepreneurial journey and their story. Tonight, the center of our discussion and our question for you listening at home is, what will the future of on-campus nutrition look like in a post-COVID world? As we discuss these important topics, uh, a reminder, please comment with your questions on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram, wherever you're watching. We will be answering audience questions all throughout the show. And without further ado, please welcome our special guest this evening, the co-founder and product lead of GrubGrab, Jovan Chu. Jovan, welcome to the Wellness Hub. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Really happy to be here. So, Jovan, you know, you have this great entrepreneurial spirit. It's very evident from anyone that talks to you. I'm curious, is this something that you've always possessed or is it something you discovered about yourself later in life? Uh, no, honestly, I think up until probably about when I was like 15 or 16, I wanted to be a doctor. And I think my parents really pushed for me. And then it all probably changed when I was, uh, when I, when I was 15 and I got that superstore. And um, what the whole job was, I had to push these grocery carts up the ramp. And man, it was super tough every day doing that. And like, I have chicken legs, my, it runs in my family. So I was like, okay, I need to do something where I'm using my brain. You know, my grades are pretty good. So um, there's this company in Surrey at the time, it was called Math For Me. And they actually were, what they would do is they would like, do large scale tutoring on affordable scale. And um, they usually they hired uni- a high school kid, a university people. And I heard that they were actually taking some high school tutors now. And so I applied and I got the job. And as I got the job, I realized the backstory of that company. So Math for Me is run by this dude. His name's Ivney Baines. And when Ivney was in grade 12, he was super smart. So he got like over $100,000 in scholarships and he ended up going to solder. And the thing was, the craziest part about it was I joined the company and Ivney was 22 and he was already running it. And they had six locations. Ivnit started the company three years prior to that when he was already in undergrad. And he started it just like with one friend. And the mm-hmm. scale that they reached in three years blew me away. And I thought, okay, maybe I could start to build something. And it wasn't, that was what shifted me from trying to pursue a degree in science in uni, which I was going to do. And I was like, okay, when I go to uni, I'll do engineering. And then all throughout the rest of high school for over two years, I was like, okay, what, what should I do in the meantime? Like, I want to build something. After seeing Math for Me just scale incredibly, Mind you now, Math for Me has 50 locations across mm. Canada, which is incredible. And um, I was like, okay, what should I do? So my first idea, and it was 
terrible but and never worked. Um, what I want to do is aggregate reviews from consumers across a whole bunch of products and put them on a single platform. And I actually have one partner, maybe he's watching this, his name is Akil. So Akil and I were gonna tackle this and we're like, okay, when we go to engineering school, we can help this. But then as we realized as we started diving into it, we realized how much API work was involved and we we're just like, we're like, okay, this is gonna be crazy. And then when we first, him and I both entered UBC engineering together and we just got slammed. We we're like, okay, this is crazy. And engineering was fine. I think like my grades are still pretty good. So I, I transferred to solder because I was like, okay, I want some more time so I can work on something. And uh, the first time we actually executed upon something was with, with my actually, my first year residence advisor. So he's one year older than me. And he was like, kind of like my dad on campus, you could say. Um, his name's Karn Grover. I think Karn's watching this today. And uh, so Karn and I's, uh, our idea, what we were doing is what we, we reverse engineered um, all home sales that were happening in the Metro Vancouver area, anonymized the data, and our, and our goal was to funnel this data back to uh, moving companies. So it was like we were, our goal was just to have this high conversion rate uh, for these moving companies. And the plan was to pretty much take a transaction fee. And so we started reaching out. We, we got the data already. Like we were already seeing the, the anonymized data for the home sales. Every like recent home sale transaction, we had it. And then so we reached out to moving companies and we're like, okay, hey guys, like we have, we just know this person just sold their home. Like this is a sales lead for you. What do you guys think? And they loved it. They loved the idea. Mm. And then so we, and then it was, like, it was a marketplace essentially, right? And but then we realized we had a chicken and egg problem. We went back to the homeowners who just sold their home, and they're like, okay, well, you know what? We already got, we already got people who are going to move our stuff. And so we did this for like about 30 homeowners, and we realized, okay, we're screwed. This is this is not going to work out. And then we moved on to the next idea, and this is. Uh, this is actually Karin's idea. He's like, okay, you know what? This is Vancouver. Why don't we sell umbrellas? I was like, Karin, you're one of the smartest people I know. Last year, you won $40,000 for this coding contest. I don't think we should go around selling umbrellas. I don't know how your parents are going to think about that. And uh, he's like, okay, yeah, maybe we shouldn't sell like $10 umbrellas. Um, so then I was like, you know what? A whole bunch of people are buying drones. Why don't we just like create our own web platform from scratch and just start selling drones? So that was the next thing we did. It was actually called DroneUp.ca. I don't know if we own the rights to it anymore, but uh, what we did was we just pretty much would buy these drones from China and try to sell them in Vancouver. And I think after five months, we sold like two drones. So it was terrible. It did not work out really well. <laughs> it was awful. I remember the first day we got our first sale. It was like we sold, sold two drones, sorry. And we sold both of them in one day. And it was like $350 or $400. Of drones, like, of drones, and we're like, okay, this is crazy. So we worked on it again for another month, but like, okay, we just got some traction. And then uh, I ended up going traveling after that and kind of just fizzled off, which, like, that's how usually startups end, right? They just fizzle out. They don't, like, mm. end properly. Yeah. So, short, so that, short that answer, short answer is, is, is yes, you, you had this defining moment when you were about 15. And then from there, it sounds like you know, you had this little spark and you were just like off to the races and you were trying to find ideas, trying to find that product market fit. And, and it's interesting, yeah. like before I, before we go into sort of where you're at now, I mean, your, your sort of educational journey is really interesting because you're, you're talking about wanting to, you know, you were planning to become a doctor and you were originally in the engineering program, but I know that you actually transferred to commerce then later in your second year. So tell me a little bit about your your educational background and sort of how that influenced where you are now. Yeah, I remember, I think I, 
when I had that idea to aggregate these reviews for a whole number of platforms, it kind of came from my brother when he was like, look for reviews for like one product because this guy just like spends 10 hours looking for researching one product. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's just crying about this to me every single day. Why can't I just make something where he can see all the reviews on one page, right? And uh, after that, I, I really started thinking about, okay, like, I, I need to, I need, I do want to do something that I can monetize and scale and have a quick impact on, on people. And in engineering, you, you do learn a lot of the applicable skills, but in commerce, I feel like you can really go to market a lot faster because you're just given so much sheer, like you do, you are given a lot more free time and that free time is either spent networking for, for the jobs that you're supposed to get as solder, you know, like they do have like a high, high employment rate out of graduation and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I was using that free time to kind of build stuff. I remember after I, I, got into commerce, so I'm going to commerce in my second year. Um, I had another, uh, we, I was working on a really uh, solid venture with um, my buddy Chen, Chen Wang. He's in Y Combinator now, so shout out Chen. Um, what we were doing is, this was, this was actually probably the furthest I got to launching something properly that, was, that, was, that would have a bigger scale than anything, probably like before GrubGrab. It was called Terradora, and what we were doing is we were monetizing, uh, sorry, incentivizing recycling. So we partnered up, actually, the, we pitched it to the city of Vancouver, they loved it. So you would pretty much get rewards for recycling. Actually, we were gonna, we were actually just about to buy a reverse vending machine from China. I don't know if you've seen those, Drew, where you could pretty much, you put in bottles in the machines and then it vends out money. Yes, yep, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were in talks to buy one of those, bring it here and do a pilot project at UBC. And we had one of the city councilors, I won't mention their name, I don't know if they'll let me. Um, she was actually championing us, and but then they ended up going to Harvard, and so that really fizzled out very quickly. But yeah, as yeah, okay. Uh, well, I, and so you know, you've gone through this, this like these these entrepreneurial like hurdles, and every opportunity, every idea is like a learning opportunity, which sounds like you've you've harnessed to your full advantage, and and finally, you know, you've gone, you're in commerce, you've got all these businesses, some of them which fizzled, but all of which had learning, and we arrive at GrubGrab, and you know, firstly, I'd love for you to tell our listeners and everybody watching right now, what is GrubGrab and where did the idea come from? Yeah, so it was my idea. I really I found out about two years ago. No, I'm kidding. It was actually Rohan's idea. Um, it was my business partner. He, it was, he came up with the idea on his birthday in 2018. And we were sitting in Freshy and he's like, oh man, Freshy sucks. Like, I feel like we go to Freshy all the time. Freshy on at UBC. And he's like, we were eating these like $13 rice bowls. He's like, man, this is ridiculous. We're paying $13 for these rice bowls and they suck. And like, we can't even get the meal plan at UBC because like only first year students are eligible for them. And after that, you're really mm -hmm. stranded on your own. And I was like, I was like, oh my, like, what are you gonna do about it, right? <laughs> so what, like, you're another person complaining about like the bad food at UBC. And uh, he's like, oh, like we should do something. I was like, yeah, like, what do you wanna do? He's like, no, like let's, let's make a platform and just like create affordable food for students. I was like, yeah, that, that's, that's a lot. He's like, let's do it. I promise you all, I'll give 100%. I was like, okay, like, because I had just signed my offer to do my, uh, my winter, winter work term at Barometer in Toronto. So I was like, this is going to have to wait until January. So the plan was to, we had to connect, and we actually started with Indian food. I don't know if you know this, Drew. When, before we came to you, we actually did a trial phase with just Indian food. I don't know if mm. I told you that. You, did you, I tell you that? I, but you did tell me that, and I'm <laughs> curious where, where that decision came from. What, what influenced that decision? They were just giving us the best deal for the food so we mm. could actually like have something that was like actually like we could like make some money off of mm. and uh so when i was in toronto i um during my spare time i just built out the platform myself and then we launched it in january 
2019 just for Indian food. And I think in our second week, we had like almost like 15 subscribers. And mind you, at then, so now GrubGrab is like meal subscription for students across like a variety of cuisines. Back then, it was just Indian food. And you had to pay for your month of food all up front. So the, the, the subscription was 250 bucks. Oh, wow. So in the second week, we had like generated over like almost like two, three thousand dollars of revenue in our second week. So like that was a lot of validation for us mm. to continue to do so. But then we mm. realized that students, what they did want this, uh, like, you know, the support of meals and knowing that their meals are going to come to them at a certain time and they're affordable. We knew that the thing about the it was just Rohar and I running it at the time, just between January and April. And we just maxed out. We couldn't handle more than 15 time we, we, served, we were served downtown and kids and i was literally driving in my honda Accord, dropping off indian meals to like all these people in like downtown and like there was like these uh and people who were like okay we want some of you guys meals too and i was like i can't do it i still have class i have to go pick up these meals and I drop it <laughs> off so we really like reached a threshold very quickly and uh so that's why when we, we spent the next we spent the summer after that we're like okay we need to expand our cuisine and just focus on ubc i can't be driving out till downtown till 10 p.m. at night to come home. It was just ridiculous, right? And so we decided, okay, we'll just do pickup spots at UBC. Well, we use notes, so you have to come pick up your meal. One, we'll save on costs, and two, it's, it's more, it's environmentally friendly and it's like easier for students who actually want the meals. So we don't like burn ourselves away. And then the other big thing was the fact, that, okay, we eat food other than Indian food. Like there, uh, there's, there's a solid human population at UBC, but we want to address the whole market. And that's why in the summer of 2019, we started looking for restaurant partners. And so we would like talk to almost, we talked to like over like 120 restaurants in the city. We're like, okay, this is what we're trying to do. We want to aggregate you guys meals. We'll have someone come pick them up every day. And restaurants really like the idea of having to fulfill meals uh, in their non-peak hours, right? So Uber Eats and DoorDash, you're getting meals during your peak hours, right? Like you're still getting it at noon and you're still getting it at dinner like that. But our, our opportunity here for restaurants was, hey, we're going to provide you guys an opportunity to sell us meals whenever you guys like during your morning. So you guys can make use of that kitchen time, which you guys do nothing, right? And restaurants loved it. Um, but the thing is, that's when we started hiring our software engineers, uh, shout out Ronnie and Abby. And uh, they, they, we all teamed up and realized, okay, that was a, a nightmare logistically. We couldn't drive to all the restaurants and then drop them off at Vancouver. Like, it was going to just take way too much time and money to hire a driver. And so then we started reaching out to catering companies and I heard about this company called Drew's Catering and Events. And then in August, what? I reached Who are those out guys? to them. Yeah, they sound, they sound weird. The first, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember the, we, I still remember the first time we pulled up to meet you guys at the, the Haas facility. And I was like, I, I was going to wear a suit to the meeting, but I couldn't because I was coming from somewhere. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's going to think we're like literally high school kids with our backpacks on. I look like I'm 17. Rohan looks like he's 18. He's going to think we're a joke. And luckily the meeting ended up uh, going better than expected. So Yeah. And, and you guys, I mean, I, I love to hear the full story from you. I love to hear how you reached these hurdles and knew that you needed to push through and find a different way to, to, to do something. That's what I, I love to hear about you guys and, and both of you and how your entrepreneurial journey has, has, has taken shape. And Talk to me about the dynamic. I love what, as you're, you know, rushing to make a delivery, but you've got to go to class. Like you've yeah. managed to grow GrubGrab to the extent that you have. How has your studies meshed with growing a business? I think first and foremost, um, in the beginning it was super tough, but then I think that's where it comes down to the team. And you know what, Upmeo is how important the team is. And I think Rohan and I did, were really diligent about 
who we brought on as team members and how much work they were putting forth. And every single one of our team members were, was helping us like, you know, with every step of the process. Even if you're a software engineer, you're gonna help out distributing meals at the nodes. Even if you're marketing, you're gonna help the engineers with the design. And you, so you're part of everything, right? And with that, there was like a big relief. So I could go to my classes, but obviously like some classes you're not gonna make. And there was a lot of times where my profs were very understanding of, okay, you know, you, you're running a business, it's okay. And so tell me, like, how has the adjustment been? Let's let's talk about the elephant in the room with, with COVID, which has so greatly affected the in-person learning that's happening at UBC. What's the adjustment been like for you and how has that affected your learning and your transition and your business? Yeah, I think um, when it first happened, it kind of really sucked knowing that um, we, because when we watched with you, that was pretty much like a revival, right? That, that when, I, when you, when Upmeals and GrubGrab partnered up for the first time, that was like GrubGrab's first initial launch as we addressed the whole market. And that was in um, October of 2019. And then, so we launched from October 2019 and then we did sales until February when COVID really hit. And you can't really count December because the tricky thing about working at, uh, like operating at university is like you have these like big break periods. So like December, students go for winter break. Summer, students are gone. So you have to really like pivot and operate around student schedules, right? And you got to, that's where like accessibility comes in. So January we were going on, we were like getting a lot of traction with the students who were subscribing to our service. And then COVID hit, and then that was really tough. Students just stopped going out, started ordering Uber Eats, DoorDash. Now like there's thousands of Uber Eats, DoorDash meals a day. And it accelerated their cycle, but it really screwed ours because what we do is pickups and notes, right? And we're not like delivery people. And that's what we really try to differentiate. We're not delivery people. We're, we're more efficient than that. And when 40% of students vacated back to their residences, like their home, like campus was really dead. So it, it took a huge toll on the business. So we really had to pivot the strategy. And, and so I'm curious to know now the, the learning environment that you're in at UBC, um, how has that influenced you as an entrepreneur? Have you had a lot of your professors, what's the support been like from UBC, uh, the learning institution that you're at towards building this platform? So I think right off the bat, even when we launched the Food, the entrepreneurship hub, uh, innovation at UBC, like they, they've been really supportive. I remember our second client was uh, a friend of our, mine named Pranav Menon. And he is like leading a lot at, um, at, at entrepreneurship at UBC. And they really want to give you as much resources as you can. So I remember like when, when we had events in the evening and you guys would do you guys drop off, we would use the, the fridges that for staff and, UBC faculty for grub grab meals, like a staff member oh, gosh. a UBC fridge and there's like a hundred grub, grub grab meals in there. Like there's no, there's no space for my food. Who, what's this company? What's grub grab? And a lot of profs found out about it that way too. So that was, that was funny for us. And, and so let me ask you a, an important question that I opened the show with. So, you know, we're starting to roll out vaccines. We're starting to get back to normal. What do you think the future of eating on campus looks like? Uh, have have certain things like dining halls become antiquated? What what do you think the future is going to look like? I, I think there's definitely a change in how people will eat, and I think now it's like I think Uber Eats and DoorDash really shifted the, the model here, and I think they've made they made demanding food very quickly a norm. So now now the expectation around accessibility is huge. Like. If, if you're a dining hall and your operating hours are nine to six, that's tough because Uber Eats can deliver after that. So how can you compete against Uber Eats if you're a dining hall, right? You, you really can't. So you need, to, you need to implement models 
where you can compete against Uber Eats. Or like Domino's, like Rohan, one of the things about Rohan is in first year and second year, this guy was Domino's' like biggest customer, right? If I have a poster of this dude in their freaking store because he would order so much Domino's. And that was one of the things he really was like, okay, like the food on campus is tough, especially in the late hours. And that was one of the things about GrabGrab. It's like you have the notes so you can schedule when you want your meal. And, and, and what do you think, what do you think students right now and in the future are prioritizing? There's all these factors, right? Safety, convenience, nutrition, uh, you know, accessibility, like what as a student is most important? Sorry, or what's the top two? You, like, you, you've got safety, convenience, you know, nutrition, like how it makes you feel. Like what, what is most important to a student in today's world in, in how they access their food? I, I think it would be... Or would affordability. Be, okay, I, I think if we were like to rank the top three, it would definitely be nutrition. Students students eat unhealthy because the options that they're given around the clock are unhealthy you what's open after 10 p.m mcdonald's and w domino's right like you how can you get a fresh salad or a rice bowl after hours you really can't so i do think students do try to care about their health right i mean ubc has some of the smartest kids on the west coast right of course they're going to care about their health and so making sure that they get nutritious meals into them is they, of course it's a priority for them number two is affordability right and i think then and then I think a close second, if not tied for second, would be accessibility around the clock. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to share sort of in that vein, you've been working with us for, for a while now. You referenced some of our earliest meetings. You know, you've been a valued Upmeals partner, and we've enjoyed watching your business grow. How has that collaboration been for you? What excites you about it going forward? Yeah, I think I think when uh, we first met you, we, we, we when we, we pulled up to the parking lot of uh, of your guys' kitchen, and we're like, okay, like we really need this to work, right? Like Rohan and I prepared for the meeting quite heavily. <laughs> we're like, because it's like it's like either this, or we have to go back to the restaurants. And dealing with the restaurants is like the margins are slim. I remember when we pitched to one restaurant. It's a Mediterranean restaurant. I won't say which one because it's easy to figure out. They sell doorbells for ten bucks at their at their shop, right? And we came in. And we had a meeting with the owner and we said, hey, this is what we're trying to do. I know we know you guys give this to Uber Eats and DoorDash, that's your margin. Like, what could you guys do for us? Because they were interested. We're like, okay, like we sell the meals here for 10, we'll give it for nine. It's like, that's impossible. I cannot, I, can, I cannot buy your meal off you for nine and sell it for more, right? And so when, when we partnered up, like we really focused on affordability without meals and you guys really understood that mission, right? And when you guys came in, you guys were pretty much like our Jesus savior, right? Like we, you guys helped us not only knock through affordability and like logistics and as well as having a diverse set of meals. And then plus like, I mean, the relationship with us was good. You just got the mission, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we, we were aligned uh, in, in many ways right from the gate with the, the key, you, you hit the nail on the head with the keys of accessibility, affordability and, and, and nutrition. That's essentially the platform we're, we're trying to build as well. And so having a vehicle like you guys that's that's designed specifically for campuses was was enormously valuable for us. Now, now being on campus, I, I want to know, you're an entrepreneur. You're juggling all of these activities and responsibilities every day, like running a business and you know, finishing your degree. Like, how do you keep yourself motivated? I, I honestly think like, I have a really good, strong group of friends. I think they're all really motivated. I mean... Um, some of them are like really hard finance guys. Some of them run their own businesses. Some of them run a, uh, like a, a prominent winery in 
Okanagan, Border Town Wines. I don't know if you've heard about it. They have the best wines <laughs> in BC. Um, I think uh, I, I think it's like just having a strong support system. Honestly, like I think even with the the biggest pillar definitely would be Rohan. I think um, being a sole founder is the worst thing. I I think having a co-founder and a solid team around you. I think sometimes Rohan and I skills are like usually they're complementary, and sometimes they do substitute for each other. And just having that substitute, especially if you are burnt out after class or you have like two finals in a row, having like your best friend who's also your co-founder. I mean, sometimes like we shout at each other, like screaming at each other, like to get business done. But of course, I know that he's always going to be there for me, right? And how do you prioritize? How do you decide what's most important for you, for GrubGrab, for your studies? Like, how do you put all those things and, and decide what you're doing first? I, I think in, when we launched GrubGrab and like properly with you, um, it was always just GrubGrab and then school on the back burner. And then, well, it was, it was, it was, oh my God, this picture, that's hilarious. They look pretty that's integrated to me. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that's, that's when we were still selling Indian food. That's, uh, that's me, Rohan trying these to look are, cool. Look at the, I, look, these are great photos. I swear I'm not posing there. <laughs> you are a little bit, I can tell. Uh, yeah. not, I swear to God. Ro, Rohan was amped for this day. I remember, uh, I remember I had, my car wasn't working that day and I had to meet Rohan early. And I took the bus and he was like, Joe, you're supposed to be here 15 minutes early. Like, I was like, oh, but did you get the stuff done that we need to do? And he's like, of course I did. I was like, oh, thank God. Like, see, like, that's why you need your co-founder to like, just know to do things so that you're telling them. So it's amazing. And so, you know, as an entrepreneur, a student, somebody who's balancing all this, like self-care is usually not at the top of a priority list. I, I want to know how, how do you take care of yourself and how do you unwind when you've got all this going on? Um, definitely, definitely working out is huge now. I think mm -hmm. just making sure I go to the gym at least four times a week and just crush the weights is like nice. Um, mm -hmm. Read, I read, I read quite a bit. So I think I've been on track to read about a book every two weeks for the last wow. five months. Yeah, you could. Everyone can check out my Goodreads. It's uh, Joe Chung. Search me up on Goodreads. You can see all my book reviews and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm serious. Awesome. What what can you give us a recent recommendation for our listeners that are listening in now? What's your favorite? That you've like read recently. Uh, okay. Uh, recently, um, I think probably. Okay, uh, a visit from the Goon Squad. It won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction. It's just really good. Mm. I think it's about. It's it's a it's it's a mixed tale, so it kind of like jumps back and forth between time, and uh, it talks about a record executive Benny Salazar and um, his backstory and people related to him, as well as assistant Sasha, and it's just written very well, and it kind of makes even though it's very short, it makes you even characters for years and when the book does that, that's amazing so talk to me about what's next for grub grab what is the next plan in your vision where do you see this going yeah so i, I mean i think with hot meals we'll be doing a lot of work with um helping you guys implement your digital kiosks um i think making sure that using those and working together to make sure that you guys can really provide the tools of accessibility and then we can make sure that we listen to students and understand their voices, so we know how how to best address their changing tastes. And getting food around the clock, right? Like, how about when you're studying at IKB and it's 11 or 12 o'clock at night, and you want a meal and you don't want to go to the, you can't, you don't want to order Domino's and you don't want to get chips from the machine, so you'll have a nice salad bowl to have at night. And that's, I think, where we're going to crush it. So, 
We're, we're going to take some questions from the audience in a little bit while we're getting those queued up. I want to know what, what is your, what's your go-to meal? You're, you're the co-founder of GrubGrab. You provide <laughs> these meals. It doesn't have to be a, a, a GrubGrab meal. What is your go-to? What makes you feel good? You're putting the pressure on. It has to be a GrubGrab meal. Um, <laughs> no, it, it, it probably is the Baja chicken salad bowl. I remember, uh, like, uh, I think I, I probably used to have at least at least five of those a week. I, I don't know if you know that, um, like, there was like, I mean, I was a Grub Grab subscriber. I was customer 001. So you probably saw these like orders for like Baja Chicken Bowl every single day. It was always me. So Baja Chicken Salad Bowl. Hopefully we can get, uh, get, get, get that going again soon. Hopefully. And we're just going to look at some questions coming in here. Are you, what kinds of meals are available on your Grub Grab meal plans or were available, I should say? Um, so we did have vegan meals. I mean, that was something you and I really worked on to make sure that, okay, like this is, this is, this is not just a fad, you know, people really want this to, to integrate this into their lifestyle. And that was really important. Um, making sure that you have vegan and, and gluten-free meals because, uh, I think we had at least at least five or six people who were like, okay, we're gluten free. I mean, our software engineer at the time, Johnny, he was gluten free, and we're like, okay, like this is really important. You know, people do want this as 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 uh, as a meal. And I think I think our our mix was probably like sixty five, maybe seventy percent plant based, and then thirty percent with chicken. Yes, I mean we were, we we focused on that too. What has the what are some of the comments that you received from students at UBC who were subscribers of your solution? I think the best thing that they liked was the fact that they could just grab it and go as at per their like allotted pickup time, and that was really important mm. for them. Mm. I think and one more thing was like the fact that I mean we we didn't have as much time to work on this just because like COVID hit in February at the end of February, and we were working on this. I mean you and I were working on this is that having a variety of meals, right? So I think we had about a dozen, like maybe like a dozen meals in, in, in our database. And I think mm. like getting getting to 20 and then rotating and making sure that you can update. I mean, it was like, it was our first proper run of, of, of having an assort, like assorted meal. So I think it was just tricky to get those 12 down, my 20. And uh, I think going forward, that's definitely uh, something where we'll focus on. Awesome. And we have a question here from Facebook. What is the most valuable lesson you've learned from your college years thus far? Uh, definitely, definitely keep your friends very close. I think my friends have just been so valuable, all of them. That's for sure. I think they, they can be your support system and like your business advice. And I think without, without all my friends, Grub Grub wouldn't be here. So definitely that. And we're going to check in with more. We've got uh, one question coming in here from YouTube. Is macronutrition available for meals uh, through GrubGrub? Yeah, the macros actually were on the stickers. I mean, mm. just, um, we were working with your marketing team, and we made these beautiful stickers. Oh, there they are. There they are. Wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You know, we did that photo shoot just in, like, in our living room. Like you wouldn't even think that, right? As so. as any you know startup photo shoot should be <laughs> yeah. done. That's even too fancy for a startup photo shoot. Usually it's in the alley, but on a cardboard box. We did some shoots in DC like that. But yeah, you guys did a great job. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Okay. I'm. Uh, so what I'd love to ask as we wrap up here, where can we go to learn more about GrubGrab and all the great work you're doing, Jaman? For sure, go to grubgrab.ca and you'll find all our all everything that you need to know on there. And then if not, you can reach out to info at grubgrab.ca. Usually I reply to emails in like five minutes. So 
super super quick and super responsive as 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 any good platform should should be well joe van thank you so much for for joining us here Uh, i really enjoyed this this conversation and i know our our viewers are getting a lot of value and hopefully they go and check out the great and amazing uh work that you're doing now and and in the future thank you so much for joining us here uh, on the wellness hub perfect thank you I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did tonight. I mean, what I love and admire about student entrepreneurs like Joe Ben is that starting a business or pursuing a university degree are both monumental tasks in and of themselves. But when there's a big enough problem to be solved and an entrepreneurial spirit like Joe Ben's in the mix, there's really no limit to what dedicated individuals can achieve. I think it's important to note that every single day, thousands of single meals are being delivered to university campuses in a single trip from a single car to a single student through meal delivery apps. So even if we put aside how wildly inefficient this is from a business perspective, there are so much significant carbon emissions being generated from this practice, especially in campuses away from city centers like the University of British Columbia or Simon Fraser University right here in BC. Students deserve access to healthy, fresh, affordable food whenever they need that, even if that's at 2 a.m. before a big exam. Instant ramen, while admittedly delicious on occasion, should not be the only option available to a student on a budget late at night. Platforms like GrubGrab are playing an important part in not only providing value for the students, but actually the universities themselves in the form of reduced carbon emissions, improved student performance and productivity. After all, we are what we eat. Thank you for tuning in tonight. If you'd like to engage with us and join the discussion, please follow us on YouTube, Instagram, or LinkedIn at UpMeals. We'll see you next Wednesday evening right here on the Wellness Hub for another great conversation. I'm Drew Monroe. Until then, take care and be well.